do you want to be apart from being an athlete? Our hope and prayer here on More Than an Athlete is to provide short, helpful, and biblical content that will equip you in becoming more like Christ and making Him known in your athletic spheres. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy this week's episode. What's up, athletes, y'all? I'm so excited for today because we get to hear from Chad Glover, and Chad is a young adults pastor in Kansas City currently, and he also played college football, but I'm excited to hear about what he has to say about rest, and I can just say that him and his family have had a huge impact on my own faith, and I'm just excited to hear his wisdom, but first off, I'll just kind of let Chad share a little bit about his story and when he saw athletics a little differently. Yo, 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 podcast fam, athletes, <laughs> living it out in the grind, student athlete, man, God bless you. Keep it up. Um, I, I played sports my, my whole life, Grace, mm-hmm. and sports was uh, such a, a big part of who I was, still is. I'm out, I find myself, I'm in my 30s now, and I find myself wanting to still introduce myself as like, you know, I played a little something, you know. Yeah. It's so it's so funny how that's just such a part of of my story. And so early on, I grew up in a household of boys. We were all Mm -hmm. super competitive. Um, I'm the baby. I was the run of the litter and uh, we were all in high school together. So that's how close in age we, we were, Mm -hmm. or we are, I guess. And, and we, we just, everything competition, who, who can get the front seat in the car, who can get the basketball in the hoop, who can be first, you know, all that stuff. And so naturally athletics was something for me that was like, yes, let's go. Mm -hmm. And, and I fell in love with the greatest game ever invented. That's football. You know, you can you can bang heads and, and uh, you can jack people up and it's all legal. It's yeah. all good. So um, that's what I started doing. That was the, the sport that I fell in love with uh, that I was allowed to play at the collegiate level mm-hmm. and beyond. And so when I think about sports, I think about an, an array of them that I've gotten the chance to play. But that's really the one that I fell in love with. And I would say that God did the most through mm-hmm. that sport to teach me about life and uh, to teach me about himself. And yeah. so I'm a college athlete. I'm in my sophomore year playing college football, and I had a chance to go overseas to play um, during the summertime. We had a coach that was from Finland, and he had connected some European connections for us. And so we get over there, and this was the first time that I really went solely in the name of Christ. And right. so he said, hey, we're going to join up with some ministries. This all works with your NCAA. It's all good. I've cleared it all. And we're going to go over there and we're going to interact with these men in Eastern Europe. And we're going to tell them about Jesus and jack them up for Jesus. And so I went for the first time um, using sports Mm -hmm. as as ministry first, not as a way of me trying to get ahead in life, so to speak. And I got a bug for, wow, what if I begin to see my sport as a platform to advance the gospel? Like I could do that back home. Mm -hmm. And so God just really, he broke my heart over my sin in a new way prior to that trip. So it was just, it was divine timing in a lot of ways. And so I go to Europe and I get a vision for using my sport as a ministry Mm. and as a mission field. And I'm like, man, I I don't want to give my life to anything else. And so I had two years left of eligibility. Um, I was a leader on the football team at that time. So I come back to my college and I say, man, let's just start telling the men that I'm in the locker room with, that I'm on the field with, about how they can have a personal relationship with Christ. And, and so I looked up and here's what I, I saw. I didn't see a lot of men my age hmm. trying to be godly leaders. And so I thought, well, <laughs> I guess I'm up, you know, and I didn't know what I was doing. Um, I didn't know the Bible really, really that well, yeah. but my heart was committed to Christ. Hmm. And, I, and I found this verse later that just says that the eyes of the Lord are searching the whole earth and, and they're looking for men and women's hearts 
who are fully committed to him mm -hmm. so that he might move mightily on their behalf. And, and so that's what God did. We, we started me and about two other guys. We said, Hey, we're gonna have a Bible study on Wednesday night in the, in the field house weight room. And we started inviting men and we would literally open the Bible. We started with first John and we would read a few verses and look in the circle and be like, all right, what do y'all think that says? Yeah. You know, and it's pretty clear. And like people started crying in the mm -hmm. circle and realizing, oh my goodness, I don't know Christ according to what the word of God says. Mm -hmm. And we would kind of look at each other like, okay, uh, Turtle's crying. Uh, you know, it was one of the guys' yeah, nickname. And, yeah. Um, all right, well, maybe we should, you know, why don't we pray mm -hmm. and lead him to Christ right now? <laughs> so we just kind of fumbled into this thing. We had a pond by our practice field. We were baptizing guys in the pond. And, uh, and I just saw the Lord begin to just move in a really, um, you know, unproduced mm -hmm. way because mm -hmm. I had relationships with these men. Yeah. And I was like, man, I want to, I want to give my life to following Christ this way. So that's, that's a little bit of my sports journey. Yeah. Um, I've been able to play football in like five different countries and was able to play at some, at some really high levels for my classification mm -hmm. of sport. I'm not that big of a deal. It's like division three. We played against like, you know, people that weren't real big and that sort of thing. I think we played some middle school teams once. It was sad. I'm just kidding. But, but yeah. it, it was really fun getting to travel the world learn about different cultures through the great game of football. Mm -hmm. mm, that's so neat. And I love even that you found Christ in college to where you could make that impact as an athlete and have that worldview even. So that's awesome. You know, today we're talking about rest and I, I think we hear so many things about rest and self-care and what that looks like, but what would you say actual rest is? Yeah, that's, that's a great question because yeah, you're right. Mm -hmm. I mean, as athletes, we're we're getting uh, information on how to eat right, right. how to rest right, how to how to work out right, mm -hmm. and uh, and we want to do all that right so that yeah. we can hit our peak performance as an athlete. And I think somebody maybe listening to this right now is thinking, yeah, you know, I'm I'm getting the protein in, the egg whites, and the chicken, mm -hmm. and all the stuff, you know, and I and I'm trying to. Um, get a little extra workout in. And if you're anything like me listening to this, it's like, man, I'm slow. <laughs> I'm, I'm not the strongest on the team. And so I've got to, I've got to be the best at hard work mm -hmm. and I got to be the best at discipline if I'm going to be the best that I can be. And so rest is one of those things that I really didn't understand really well um, when I was in college. And, uh, and really, to be honest with you, I'm, I'm still discovering exactly what it is. Cause I, I thought that rest was you know, you just go to um, your world civilization class and you sit in the back and you go to sleep, <laughs> you know, yeah. not that anybody's ever done that. Right. And, um, but, but that you just sleep, you nap and you just take, you know, you take some time off. Mm -hmm. That's a part of it for sure. We need physical rest. But when you look at the Bible, there, there's another rest that I think most athletes fail to experience because, you know, there's an ambition side of being an athlete. Mm -hmm that you want to, you want to grind, you, right. you want to, you want to compete, you, you want to be the best. And so what I've found in my own heart is that there's this work that, that exists underneath all of my work mm -hmm. where when I'm, when I'm resting quote unquote, and I'm taking some time off, right. like I, I'll still be watching film. I'll still be thinking about, you know, I need to get up early and get some pushups in, some burpees in or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And so, because I've got, I've got a, a competitor who, who is not taking a day off. And I need to outwork the practice schedule of my competition if I'm going to beat them in the next season. Mm -hmm. And so this work underneath your work is always, it's, it's that nudging and that gnawing that I need to be doing. I need to be doing this. And what I've also found as an athlete is I've got to prove my sense of worth by the way that I perform in my sport. True. And so there's this soul rest 
that I never get to experience because I'm always measuring my uh, identity based upon my activity Mm -hmm. and my performance. And so rest biblically is that you can be liberated from all of that work underneath your work. Like the way I've heard it put is that God wants to give you REM, you know, it's that deep sleep. He wants to give you REM of the soul. Mm. And the only way that you can do that is if you find your security and your identity rooted in a finished work. And the finished work that that I believe is that Jesus finished his work for us on the cross. And so what that means is that I am accepted. My performance is completed. I've already got a 10. I've already scored all the points. I've already hit the goal, whatever it is, before I ever even do anything. Mm -hmm. Because Christ is the one that I've rooted my identity in. And the more that I preach that gospel message to my heart, the more my heart finds true rest. Right. And so that's a mentality that mm-hmm. you've got to have. Mm-hmm. And then I think there's some, you know, functional things that you got to do as well. And I don't know if, if, you know, somebody's listening to this and like, okay, uh, that's, that's a great idea. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's yeah. a really sweet philosophy and it really is. You have to preach that mentality yourself, but mm-hmm. then you have, you have to do some things as well. And, um, you know, you find in the Bible, this, uh, this word Sabbath, mm-hmm. It's the Hebrew word Shabbat, and uh, it's kind of a fun word to say, Shabbat. And, um, and so you find this word pop up early on in the Bible, and it literally says that God rested mm-hmm. in, the, in the first few books of the Bible. I mean, like Genesis, first chapters, Genesis 2, it says that God worked six days, and then he rested on the or he Sabbath mm-hmm. on the seventh day. And he's, and he's given a pattern to humanity that if you don't, if you don't rest well, then it's not going to end well for you. Yeah. That, that if, if you don't work hard, it's not going to work out for you either. And so it's this tension between work and rest we find in the creation. Mm-hmm. And then God goes on to give us these 10 commandments, you know, like the big 10. And, uh, and one, you know, one of them is like, you shouldn't murder people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> one of them is like, you shouldn't uh, have commit adultery. Mm-hmm. One of them is like, mm-hmm. you know, just basic things like that. Right. Well, one of the top 10 is that you need to rest. I mean, think about that. Mm. God thought it so important that he would write into the way, the DNA of creation yeah. that we should rest. And then he would reinforce it with a commandment that basically is like, hey, you are not in right standing with me mm-hmm. if you do not consistently rest. Mm. And so it, it is so important. And he says, you know, in Deuteronomy 5, he says, you've got to keep this day of rest. And then he says in Exodus 20 that you have to remember this day of rest. And, um, and I don't know if we want to put handles on that right now, what, mm-hmm. what you actually do when you're keeping this thing and remembering this, but I know that maybe somebody's listening to this and they're thinking, okay, what do I yeah, do? How do I, I actually do this? Yeah. Why, why do you think we should rest? Like, why can't we wait? You know, we want to grind. You say there's a competitor out there nonstop. Like we're thinking about that. Like, why should we rest now and not just wait, you know, maybe in four years or five years when my eligibility is up? Like, why do I need to do this now? Yeah, I think that's a, a really great dilemma that we mm-hmm. find ourselves in when we hear something like this. And I know if you're <laughs> if you're anything like me, you're like, man, I don't get tired. You yeah. know, nobody works as hard as me. I'm the, you know, I'm, I'm, the, I'm the best, you know, that sort of thing. Studies show time and time again that if you fail to rest, then your productivity level mm-hmm. decreases. Mm-hmm. And so as I look back on my college career and really my, my career at large, I think the, the greatest thing that I robbed my body of mm. was proper rest. And that I learned that, it, that because I didn't, I probably studied my growth. I could have been D1 pro athlete <laughs> if I would have just slept more, you know, I doubt that. But, but I, I did lose a level of, um, of acumen. Mm-hmm. I did lose a level of focus. 
a level of performance because I didn't rest properly. And you know, if you listen to this, you're an athlete, you've been injured before Mm -hmm. and you've tried to, you know, push through that injury Mm -hmm. and you knew that that you got to rice, you know, you got to rest it, ice it, you got to compress it, elevate it. Mm -hmm. Right. And so rest is a, I would say it is a prerequisite to your performance. It's good. A a great study. If somebody's like, I don't know about that. Uh, the French revolution took place, um, back in the, uh, the 18th century and they ushered in a new calendar. And one of the the uh, components of that was we're going to enforce a new work week. That's going to be a 10 day work week. Mm -hmm. And we're going to get more out of our Mm -hmm. people 10 days and a day off. And it ended miserably. Mm. And what they found after 12 years of this, that suicide was up, depression was up, performance and production was down. And then other studies have shown that a 50 hour work week is where we hit our peak production. Mm -hmm. That if you work beyond that, if you work 70 to 80 hours in a week, your production actually goes down. And so I think somebody's Mm -hmm. listening to this and like, but I'm going to be different. I'm going to be different. And I would just say with all love, no, you're not. (laughs) This is how God made the world, period. Mm, That's good. Yeah. Let's put some handles on that. We have athletes listening. They're like, okay, I want to rest. I want to practice Sabbath. What what would you say are some practicals of how to actually live this out? Well, I I, I know for me personally, Mm -hmm. um, if you're you're listening to this and you're anything like me, and I would assume that you are, that you have some sort of device with social media platforms. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm coming at your phone's head right now. Yeah. And so what I would say is that we, we have this tendency, me included, just to be overly connected. Mm-hmm. And so our mind doesn't know what it's like just to disconnect. Mm-hmm. And so I would say um, point number one, if you're going to rest, is that you you need to have a plan to unplug. Yeah. And, and literally, I mean, unplug your phone. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know that there's two buttons that you can hold down on your iPhone that literally will turn it off. Yeah. Like, you know, it'll prompt you and you can swipe right and it, it turns off Grace. Mm-hmm. Like you could, yeah. I, I think some people are like, really, I didn't know that that's yeah. like a new upgrade and it, and it's not, we, we never turn our phones off. And, and I think that that's a, that's step one that you pick a day where you say, I'm going to turn my phone off for a block of time. I would mm-hmm. recommend 24 hours mm-hmm. and I'm going to turn my phone off. Um, we're parents now, my wife and I, so w- what I've been doing is I just put my phone on ringer, you know, mm-hmm. it has that function where if somebody yeah. needs you, they'll call you. Yeah. And, uh, and I put it up in a place where, mm-hmm. you know, it's central in the house, but I, I, I'm not on it. And so pick a day, turn your phone off because you need to quiet the volume that you, that are, that exists in your mind so that you can begin to hear the voice of mm-hmm. God. If you know, if you know Christ, and then also so that you can just begin to, decompress yeah. from all the things that you're connected to all the, all the messages and that sort right. of thing. And then I would say, so turn your phone off and the point of, of resting the way that God intended us to rest is to reconnect with him. Mm-hmm. And so he says literally that, that he wants you to take a day a week and dedicate it to him. Mm-hmm. He calls the day holy and blessed. And the word holy, if you're listening to this, you're like, I've heard that before. What does that mean? It just literally means it's different. It's set apart. Yeah. And the first thing that God calls holy is this day of rest mm-hmm. in the Bible. And then he blesses it. And when, when God blesses something in the book of Genesis, it has the, it, it's his way of saying, when I bless this, it can reproduce life. Mm-hmm. And so he blesses the animals to be fruitful and multiply, blesses Adam and Eve to be fruitful and multiply. And so he says the blessing is demonstrated in the way that it can produce the way it can reproduce. Right. And he blesses this day. He says that when you take a day and you unplug, dedicate it to me, 
It has this divine ability to give you new life and new energy. Don't you want that? You know, I think yeah. somebody's listening like, man, I, I want this. And so take a day, unplug, dedicate it to the Lord. And so I would say it needs to have a, a few things in the gumbo of a good Sabbath. Uh, the first thing is that you want to um, read the Bible to some degree. Now, mm-hmm. if you're listening to this and you're like, so I'll just read the Bible the whole day. No, that's not what I'm saying. Right. But just get in the word, you know, mm-hmm. just hear something that God wants to say to you. Uh, you should pray, you know, and you don't have to spend the whole day praying, but I would, I would just give a few, a few minutes just to pray, just to sit and just say, you know, God, I love you. Would you yeah. work in my life? And then do things that stir your heart for worship. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I'm, I'm currently in a season where I work with a lot of people. And, uh, and so one of the things I do to rest is I, I, I work with my hands to rest. Mm-hmm. And so a good kind of a good mantra is if you work with your mind, then you should rest with your hands. And if you work with your hands, then you should rest with your mind. And so I think some people think we over-spiritualize things. And so we'll demonize things that are really, really enjoyable, mm-hmm. but we'll think, well, that's, that can, I can't, surely I can't yeah. play that video game. Surely I can't go play recreational sport. Right. Surely I can't go on a walk and that be God honoring. No, it, yes, it is. And so the, the goal would be that you would get in God's word, that you would pray and that you would do things that stir your affection for Christ. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're sitting here. It's a beautiful day today. Yeah. And so if this was a day of rest, I would, I would go outside and I would just like take deep breaths and enjoy creation. Mm-hmm. Right. The sunsets have been amazing mm-hmm. recently. And I would just sit around a fire pit in my backyard and just watch the sunset. And the whole idea is that you are unplugging from the busyness of your day and of your life. Right. And you're dedicating this day to God in order to reconnect with him and to rest and to recharge so that you can run hard for the next mm-hmm. six days. Right. So th- that'd be a few things that right. I would do. Yeah, that's good. Those are great practicals. And I love, yeah, resting on that seventh day. And God set a great example of that. So I think that's so good. Let me say this real quick, mm-hmm. that um, it doesn't have to be like, every Sunday that you right, do this, you right. know? And so if you, I don't know where people come right. from and they all, you know, set Sunday's the Sabbath. Mm-hmm. The Sabbath is the seventh day that you pick. Right. And right. Uh, Jesus made it really clear in Mark chapter two, that, that a uh, man was not made for the Sabbath, mm-hmm. but the Sabbath was made for the man. Mm-hmm. And, and it's really important because there's a tendency to put rules and regulations as a way of kind of proving True. that we were religious and we're right with God. And so we'll become slave to, something like the yeah. Sabbath and, and Jesus, when he came, he's like, guys, guys, y'all are, y'all are messing up. You can do Sabbath on Friday. Mark, yeah. You can do Sabbath on Tuesday. The, the, the goal is that you would do Sabbath, that mm-hmm. you would, that you would use this gift that yeah. I have for you. Yeah. I think that's helpful too, especially as athletes. Cause it's not, yeah. not every Sunday. I mean, sometimes we have games or matches that day. So mm-hmm. I think, I think that's helpful. Another question is, you know, the reality is our schedule kind of going off of that is based off of our team and our coaches. So how would you say we can balance that rest in our walks with God with having this crazy schedule? Uh, I would say you can't, mm-hmm. it's not a balance. Right. It, it's a tension. You know, it, it's uh, you know, and, and maybe that's, that sounds like the same, but I would say that it's going to feel out of balance and you're going yeah. to, I like the word tension better because mm-hmm. that, that insinuates like, this is hard. I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to manage this yeah. and uh, balance insinuates like, oh, I can get to a place where I'm balanced now. Yeah. And so, you know, I think that for, for me, it's been really important just for me to go back to what God's word says and wrestle with what does this look like in the current season that I'm in? Mm-hmm. 
And so you and I were different seasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, people listen to this. Uh, they're probably more in the season that you're in and they're, they're having to manage all of that stuff. And so if I were, you know, if I were sitting down with you and you're, and we were processing this, I would just say, Hey, tell me about your commitments. And, um, and in order for you to honor God in this life giving gift way, what is something that you're going to have to offload? And it's going to require sacrifice for you right. to Sabbath. Mm-hmm. But I would argue that the price that you're paying to not Sabbath is far more detrimental and than the price you'll pay to sacrifice something in order for you to Sabbath. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I would say that, that, again, this is what gives us the REM of the soul. This right. is what gives us new energy to run hard. And uh, one of the one of the greatest stories of sacrifice in order to honor God in the Sabbath is a is a Scottish Olympian named Eric Liddell, and or Little if you're Scottish, and and he he was a guy that was like just crazy fast, mm-hmm. and he's running in like the 1924 Olympics, I think, and and he was a sold out Christian, yeah. and you know the race that he was slotted to win that no Scottish no no Scotsman had won like ever, I don't think, mm-hmm. um, it it came on Sunday, mm-hmm. and you like. When I hear the story, I'm like, this is crazy. Yeah. But he had purposed in his heart that he was going to honor God, even in the way that he rested. Mm. And when the race got pulled for Sunday, that was the day he was like, hey, I'm going to, I'm going to be a stickler on this. And he goes to the the authorities and says, I'm going to, I'm going to withdraw my name from this race. Mm. Everyone was like, bro, you are stupid. What are you thinking? This is disgraceful to your nation. Mm -hmm. I mean, all that pressure. Right. And Liddell or Little, he, he said that I... I'm going to sacrifice even running the race that, that I'm the best at mm-hmm. in order to honor God. Mm. And so the story goes that he, he enters his name in the other races. I think like the, the 400 and the 800, which, you know, he, he wasn't really slotted to win those races and they were on, not on his Sabbath day mm-hmm. and he won the gold. Wow. And, wow. and, and so I mean, he's such a great example of somebody that took a stand and, um, in the, the realm of athletics mm-hmm. that was by, most people's estimation, just stupid. Like, yeah. why would you do that? But God honored that. And his name mm. is still being talked about right. in history right. and in Christendom, where there's probably been countless athletes that have won the gold. Mm-hmm. And, and we don't know, we don't know their name. Mm. That's a great example. I love that story. I didn't know the ending part of that. He ended up winning the gold too. So that's awesome. Yeah. Wound up going to be a missionary in Asia. Gave wow. his life to to help people know, know Christ. And we're still talking about him today. That's right. That's awesome. That's so neat. Um, anything else on rest? Anything else just thinking of athletes sitting here that you would want them to know about rest? Yeah, uh, here's here's a, a big truth. Okay. And I think I think this is gonna um, this is gonna be obvious, but mm-hmm. but we have a hard time really mm-hmm. understanding this. You are not God. Yeah. And I think that we th- we think internally because we're trying to prove, get an edge, we're trying to work hard, we're trying to win that we, we operate as if we are God. Mm-hmm. And what the scripture says is that the fool says in his heart, there is no God. And here's why I say that is because God was, he was humble enough to work. And so maybe you're listening to this and you don't like to work. Like you're the athlete that's just got it all. You know, you have to lift a weight and you grow muscles and you're just like, I hate you if, you, if that's yeah. you. But you're a lazy athlete. I would say, mm-hmm. hey, you're not honoring God mm-hmm. in that laziness. You need, yeah. you need to work hard. Right. But God was also strong enough to rest. Mm -hmm. God has a universe to run and he rested. Mm. And so if you're listening to this thinking, I don't have time to rest. I can't do this. I just don't see how this works out of my schedule, my season of life. You are saying in 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 a roundabout way, I am more 
superior than God Almighty. That's good. <laughs> yeah. Which the, nobody would say that. Right. But by our life, we live that way. Mm-hmm. And so you need to be humble enough to work hard. You should be the hardest working athlete on the team. Yeah. People should not question whether or not you take work serious. Right. But you should also be strong enough to rest. Mm. That you should be able to unplug and unwind so that you have the mental health to be able to navigate the drama that's on your team. Because everybody, every team got drama. Yeah. You should be able to unplug and rest so that you can navigate the pressures mm. of life that yeah. are going to be coming at you as you're going to make decisions and school and all this stuff. Right. And I don't know a better solution than a consistent rhythm of rest mm-hmm. so that you can face the problems and the challenges that you're going to face yeah. with a godly attitude. Mm. That's good. That's a great point. I love that. Um, kind of a final question that we ask on all the podcasts, but looking back, whether you want to think of now for athletes you're talking to or even your football career, um, what would you say it means to you to be more than an athlete? I think it goes back to a little bit what we were talking about earlier, that mm-hmm. there's this tendency to find our identity right. in our athleticism. For sure. And so anytime I go and talk with athletes, I always use this metaphor, especially I, I usually talk with, with male athletes. So mm-hmm. this works really well for them. Mm-hmm. And, and I'll just say, Hey guys, before we get into anything, let me just tell you that the sport that you're playing is mm-hmm. like a bad woman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'll tell them, I'll say that, that she is, she is going to leave you someday right. for a younger man. Right. And she's not going to look back twice. And you have given your, you have given her your heart, your soul. You've given her your blood, your sweat, your tears. You've given her your heart, everything. And one day she's going to leave you mm-hmm. for a younger man. Mm-hmm. And so you better be building your identity on more than your athleticism mm-hmm. because the game goes on. And that is a hard reality for many people. It was a hard reality for me. It feels like an amputation going on. But I, I made a choice before the end of my career that I'm going to start building my identity more on Christ than on my athleticism. That's good. And so when when I ran out of eligibility and my career was you know officially over, there was a sense of loss. There was a grieving. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like I got broke up with, like I got a divorce, if you will. Um, but because I chose to put my identity in Christ and I knew that I was more than an athlete, um, God, he carried me through that time. Mm-hmm. And so again, I, you know, I told you, it's funny to me how even to this day, I still want people to know right. that aspect of my life for sure. And that, yeah, yeah, I was an athlete, you know, here's some picture, whatever. And, uh, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. But I think that that's my old identity trying yeah. to surface to, tr- to try to prove to people that I deserve your respect because I was a college athlete, right. you know, and I got to let people know, right. you know, because I believe that's an elite club. Mm-hmm. If you're listening to this, that is an elite club. Mm-hmm. It's special to be able to play sports at a high level. What a right. great gift. But you are more than your accomplishments. Mm-hmm. You are more than your performance. And if you base your identity on your athleticism, then you'll have it'll go straight to your head when you're winning. Mm-hmm. It'll go straight to your heart when you're losing. It's mm-hmm. good. And, uh, and when you have to say goodbye to the game, if you have not built your identity on more than athleticism, you better look out right? because it's going to be really, really difficult for you to figure out who you are. Mm -hmm. That's so good. Yeah. And I I love what you said at the end and also just the practicals of rest and how that's going to set us up for when that game is over and when we can't 
put our identity in that and um, just continuing to put our identity in Christ. So I, I love the practicals and I think it's awesome just to set ourselves up to rest um, after being athletes too. So I think that's great. Chad, thanks so much for being on here. Appreciate you. And I hope you athletes have a great rest of your week. Hey, we want to thank you for listening. Did you know that you could help more than an athlete by rating, reviewing, and subscribing? Follow us on Instagram at more than an athlete. And the more that you do this, the more athletes can tune in and find the content. We hope you found this week's episode helpful and encouraging.